Today is Wednesday, November 29th, 2023. I have a lot to cover off in the show today. First off, the investment world has lost an icon. The First Canadian Bank has reported its earnings. The finance minister is looking at a new tax. The Panama Supreme Court shuts down a big mine. And Air Transat flights might be cancelled starting in January. Let's get started with today's news. Well, it just wouldn't be right if I started today's broadcast without acknowledging uh, the passing of Charlie Munger yesterday, who, of course, worked alongside Warren Buffett for so many decades at Berkshire Hathaway and who many say was actually um, critical in Buffett's success. When I heard the news yesterday, um, I was saddened by this and uh, I have some personal experience. I feel blessed that uh, on three opportunities, I was able to travel down to Omaha to the Berkshire AGM and I you know, saw Munger live on stage for so many hours. My strongest memory of him comes from the first meeting I attended way back in 2005. And I was still a pretty young advisor back at the time. And I walked away from that meeting, I'm utterly impressed. And I was impressed with both Buffett uh, and Munger. And I can honestly say that these two men motivated me and they helped shape uh, my career as an investment advisor. I still, still to this day, think back to that first meeting and I'm inspired by it. After my son Brandon joined me in the business, I'd always uh, wanted to go back to another AGM with him so that he could share in that experience that I had so many years ago. I knew it would be a good thing for him to, to go through that as well. Uh, thankfully, we did get that chance in May uh, just this year, a few months ago. So um, at the time, of course, nobody knew for sure that it would be Munger's last meeting, but as fate would have it, it, it was. Um, I'm thankful I was able to fulfill that dream that I had with my son. Um, the legendary Berkshire AGMs are never going to be the same. Uh, Charlie Munger would have been 100 on January 1st, uh, just a month from now. The Canadian banks have kicked off their earnings season and the Bank of Nova Scotia was the first to report its fiscal Q4 numbers. It reported yesterday and following the report, the shares were down about 5%, but now that the dust has settled and people have had a day to think about it, the shares are up around 3% this morning. The bank reported earnings of $1.26 per share. That's down from $2.06 a year earlier. The expectations here were $1.65. That's obviously a big drop year over year and it's a big mess in expectations. Revenue from the quarter was $8.31 billion, so that's actually up from the $7.63 billion we saw a year earlier. It also beat on expectations of $8.18 billion. Expenses rose to $5.5 billion during the quarter, and that is an increase of 22%. There's going to be lots of focuses that go around on provisions for credit losses uh, as we go through the various banks, and we're expecting those all to go up. These are funds that are set aside to cover loans that may default. Bank of Nova Scotia really kicked things off. They set aside more than $1.2 billion to cover bad loans during the quarter, and that's more than double the $529 million worth of provisions that it had uh, just this time last year. Scotiabank also reported an $89 million charge related to reducing its real estate footprint, and it says that it has plans to close more branches. Now, Alimentation Qatar also reported uh, yesterday here in Canada, the net earnings came in at $819.2 million. That's 85 cents per diluted share. Those numbers are up from the $810.4 million or 79 cents a share a year ago. Adjusted net earnings were $792 million. That's compared with $838 in Q2 of 2023. Revenues were up $4.1 billion. That's 1% year over year. 
Finance Minister Christia Freeland, she tabled a package of tax measures yesterday that includes provisions for what they're calling a digital services tax. And this is a tax that the Liberal government first proposed three years ago, but it has been delaying putting it uh, into effect. And it hopes that there could be an international deal reached that determines how online-based multinationals uh, should be taxed in this digital economy that we're living in today. Um, if this tax is implemented, it would be a 3% tax on certain revenue earned by large businesses from certain digital uh, services. So not you know very specific there at this point. It is a tax that is primarily aimed at large digital service providers such as uh, Amazon, Google, Netflix, uh, Spotify, those types of companies. Um, although this recent motion doesn't specify exactly when the tax would take effect, the finance minister's comments on Tuesday did strongly hint uh, that it might take effect uh, shortly on January 1st of 2024. Now, according to the 2021 budget, the DST would eventually bring in about $900 million a year once it would be fully uh, implemented. Now, as you might imagine, uh, this move by Ottawa has been criticized. The uh, Business Council of Canada, the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, and U.S. Trade Representative Catherine Tai, they've all urged Canada not to move ahead uh, unilaterally with the DST, and they want instead to wait until a global deal is reached. Shares of Canadian-based First Quantum Minerals continue to fall as news has come out of Panama where its president uh, said that First Quantum's lucrative copper mine, Cobre Panama, uh, is going to be shut down. And this comes on the news of Panama's Supreme Court declaring that the contract that First uh, Quantum has is has been deemed to be unconstitutional. Um, in a televised event on Tuesday, uh, President Laurentino Cortizo, he said that the orderly and safe closure of a mine would begin as soon as the Supreme Court's ruling was formally published in the official Gazette. First Quantum said on Tuesday that it has suspended commercial production at the mine and was putting it into care and maintenance. And in a statement, um, it said, we want to affirm our unwavering commitment to regulatory compliance in all aspects of the operations within the country. We will comment further as additional details on the ruling are made public. Shares of First Quantum are down around 60% in the past month. If you have travel plans for the new year, uh, this story isn't going to be great news probably. Um, an overwhelming majority of flight attendants at Air Transit, they voted to put the union into a legal strike uh, position as early as January. A, uh, a unit of QP, which represents 2,100 um, Air Transit workers, they voted, catch this, 99.8% in favor of going on strike if necessary, uh, if it can't come to a new collective agreement uh, with the airline. 99.8, that's a pretty... A pretty resounding number. In a statement, they said the vote reflects the flight attendant's exceptionally high level of dissatisfaction with their working conditions, particularly with wages and purchasing power. Following a dip during the COVID-19 pandemic, the overall outlook for the industry is once again extremely positive. The current labor agreement that they have in place expired actually over a year ago in October of 2022, and the parties have been in negotiations since April of this year. You might imagine a major issue on the table is compensation. Uh, a union spokesperson said that more than half of Air Transat's uh, flight attendants have been forced to take on a second or even in some cases a third job to make ends meet. Starting salary is only $26,577 a year. The union has said that in the event of a strike, all of the airline's flights would be uh, cancelled starting in January. There are more Canadian bank earnings out tomorrow and Friday. Uh, we have fourth quarter results from Royal Bank, TD Bank and CIBC tomorrow. And then we have BMO and National Bank reporting on Friday. 
Um, also, tomorrow we have the Canadian GDP numbers coming out for September, and Stats Canada is predicting a, a small contraction. Uh, I'm here every Monday, every Wednesday with this report. If you haven't already subscribed, I would encourage you to do that now. I look forward to seeing you in the next video. If you are one of those many people out there who lacks confidence in your investing abilities, you're trying your best to learn this whole investing thing, but you're just uh, struggling with that, you're not alone, which is really important. You want to feel like you're surrounded by people who will help you. Uh, most people grow up without any formal training in uh, how they manage their finances. This is especially true when it comes to managing your investing. Now, at the Investing Academy, we offer online training. Our programs are designed to take you through the whole investment process. So you could be a raw beginner. We want to take you through to being a fully confident investor. Check out the Academy website for more information. I will put a link in the description of this video.